Welcome to the podcast. In and through exists to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word. My name is Tim. And my name's Marshall. How's it going, Tim? Things are good. Good. It is summer. It is hot. Love summer. Yeah. It's not hot. I mean, says the guy from Arkansas, it's hot by Canadian standards. I think it's like a 32 today. Yeah, but you still need a jacket at night. Like you still need a sweater or something. It's not like, no. I, I disagree. I could barely sleep last night. And I, I had, I, I laid on top of the blankets with the wait, AC wait, wait. directly could... blowing at me. That was the only way I could fall asleep. So you couldn't sleep. Was it a conscience, like your conscious bothering you, kind of a thing, <laughs> or was it ambient room and the room temperature? I think, I think it was room temperature. You think? I hope. Well, you know. Do we need to pause and have a little confession? No, no, no. I just, I got, you know. We can set up a booth. I got a lot going on <laughs> in my mind, Tim. I'm working on a lot of things, but the, yeah, the heat doesn't help. So, anyways. I think it's gorgeous. Yeah. Canadian summers, man, mm. they're awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Especially since it cools down at night. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what are we talking about today, Tim? Today, we're talking about uh, the prophets again. Yeah. Isaiah, mostly. Mm-hmm. Some Hosea. Yeah. All good stuff. Yeah. Really so here, stuff. so here's what I was talking with uh, Lindsay about this this morning, and she had a great suggestion. It's summer, it, because of the madness that has been 2020. Neither one of us have taken any vacation time. That's true. I think we could do the rest of Isaiah, and Hosea, Ezekiel, in a single podcast. Basically, it would run like this: You're all going down. <laughs> Except except for a couple of you that we're going to call the remnant, it's going to be gold for you mm. when we come back. But the rest of you are going down. <laughs> Israel and the nations, you're going down. But not everybody, mm-hmm. but it's going down. Yeah, but almost everybody. So thanks for listening. The podcast is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we were talking about the forest this week, right? The rise and the fall of nations... Yeah, God, like bringing them up to crush people, and then when He's done using them for that purpose, someone else is raised up to crush them, and that is kind of a pattern we're gonna see. That is, yeah. This is one of the things where where you do the whole like, "How are you doing today?" Oh, I'm good. Like, it's all right. Your Bible reading will take care of that, Mm. right? (laughs) (laughs) Because because this is like there is there is no one exempt from this. No people of God crushed. The nations that crushed them, crushed. Also crushed. <laughs> Everyone, crushed. Yeah, if you took like a map of the ancient like Near East, right, you could just like read through these chapters of Isaiah and just like cross off the names of each and every nation anywhere in the vicinity of Israel and even nations that are pretty far off, right? Like he, everybody's going down. Just dr- on top of that map, just draw the big old foot of God. Yeah, <laughs> just in like this <laughs> divine stomp. Yeah, yeah. And all of the A and E is gone. Boom. Yeah. So, so this is this is where we're going to see these guys. They're prophesying to God's people, mm-hmm. which is the norm for prophecy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also he prophesies to the invading nations, right? So we've we've known this was going to come from the beginning because from the beginning God has said, "You are going to go against me." And when you do, Leviticus 26, I'm going to have you invaded. 
mm-hmm. you're going to be crushed from another nation that is going to infiltrate. Uh, and then he tells those nations, do not presume that this was you. This was me that raised you up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But they come in in their pride and with their false gods. They do the work of God without giving glory to God. And God says, thank you. But now it's time for you to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we're going to see this in Daniel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. going to see this in Daniel where we, uh, we realize not every king is like this. Yeah. And, and for, for context too, right? Like um, some of the stuff that's being prophesied about is coming soon. Some of the stuff being prophesied about isn't coming for a couple hundred years. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, so one of the things that I noticed was, you know, early on in this week's reading, we read about the Medes who were like the, the Medo-Persian, like the Persian Empire, about how they're going to destroy Babylon. Mm-hmm. But the the empire of Babylon hasn't even peaked yet. And, and the Medes weren't even a major player in, in that, you know, in the ancient world at that time. And so to a lot of people, they would have been saying, what, like what? Like, right. how are the, how are the Medes going to take down Babylon? Right. Like that's, that seems ridiculous, but, but. Fa- fast forward a couple hundred years to the time of Daniel. And that's exactly what we're going to see. So, yeah. And so Isaiah is prophesying or begins his, his prophesying in the year the King Uzziah dies. Mm-hmm. Everything's going well. Yeah, for the most part. Uh, for yeah, I mean, I mean, not spiritually. Mm-hmm. Well, socioeconomically, they're yeah. growing. Yeah, uh, not a whole lot of fear. He's saying these things like this is going to happen to your children's children, mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Everyone's sort of looking around like, crazy man. Yeah, right. He's lost it. Uh, but but let me tell you something. What Isaiah can do. Isaiah can describe destruction in beautiful ways. Oh, yes, he can. Some eloquent ways. And and the way, like, if nothing else, you can enjoy the artistry with which he puts together word pictures for battles. Just right off the bat, uh, Isaiah 13, 12, I will make people in that time when, when the ruthlessness takes place, I will make people more rare than fine gold. Hmm. Hmm. And then he talks about the invasion of the Medes. Mm-hmm. Behold, I am stirring up the Medes against them who have no regard for silver and no delight in gold. Marshall, if you're on conquest but you're not here to take people's stuff. What's the purpose of your conquest? You're taking their lives. Blood. Yeah. Yeah. Right? They just like doing it. Coming into Babylon, beautiful hanging gardens of Babylon, mm-hmm. wealth everywhere. Medes are going right past it. It's not what I came here for. Mm-hmm. I didn't come here for your money. It tells us later what they came for. After the, at, right after that, 17 says is, is where it says they had no delight of gold or silver. And verse 18 says their bows will slaughter the young men. They will have no mercy for the fruit of the womb. Their eyes will not pity children. Hmm. Man, I, just reading that, I am so thankful for the period of history that we live in today. Amen. Just, we're so sheltered from all of this sort this of thing. This means this 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 makes no sense to us. No. Right? Like this is not this is at least for in this part of the world this this 
this is not this means nothing to to our our experience to, yeah. to understand that that people would come in and not that they would not that they would you know kill soldiers but that they would just wipe everyone out they don't even see the difference yeah and and they're 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 not there for any other reason but to kill people yeah that's their only reason for traveling in and, and when i say that this is this is amazingly written what i what i'm not doing here is i'm not doing the whole sort of like hyper machismo don't we love it when we see a movie and people are dying left and right mm -hmm. and oh it's gory and i like it that way that, that's not it at all it, it's the the capacity that he has to in a word picture or, or in the use of his language show us the absolute depravity of the situation oh yeah right that, that these that in in those two verses you look at this and you understand the vicious nearly subhuman vicious intent mm -hmm. that the Medes are coming in with yeah and that this is not slaughter as in we took over your government this is slaughter for all of what slaughter might mean mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so those are the Medes yeah yeah they'll make an appearance later on <laughs> there, there's some foreshadowing for you right <laughs> right right and like you said these guys these guys are you know, a little more than a village at this yeah. point. Yeah, it's a couple hundred years uh, before this stuff goes down. Right, people hearing this are thinking, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, next chapter is an interesting one. Uh, not that that wasn't interesting, uh, but chapter 14 gets into uh, a story that we have to talk about. Chapter yeah. 14, starting in verse 1, uh, we're going to pick it up in, in verse 12, which is kind of partway through it. Um, actually, you know what? Let's start in 11. Okay. There's a, there's a pretty awesome word picture in 11. Mm -hmm. Your pomp has brought you down to Sheol. This is uh, being spoken to Babylon. And, and this is, by the way, this is not the Lord speaking to Babylon, mm. the leader of Babylon. This is the remnant of Israel. Mm -hmm. So in all of this destruction... The destruction of Israel, the destruction of the nations that are coming against Israel to destroy them. And when everyone is laid low, there is this small group of people in the corner who are watching all of this take place. They are the people who are and have been faithful to God all along. And from them, God is going to bring about his plan. Yeah. The church, the remnant, right? They, every time you see hope in the prophets— it's hope given to the remnant. Yeah. You you don't read the hope as in it's for uh, it's for all of Israel. Because remember last week we talked about how Israel has been, or God has told Isaiah, I'm going to close their ears and their eyes. There will be no repentance. Mm -hmm. The time has come. Their sin has, what is it that when Abraham is told that he has to leave and come back because the sin of the Canaanites has not been made full. Mm -hmm. It has been made full. In Israel. Yeah. And these, this is going to be the punishment that comes. They are not going to turn back. All of the hope is for the remnant and those who will come from the remnant spiritually as the gospel takes over um, in the new covenant. And so they are, they are taunting Babylon. This small group of survivors are taunting Babylon. And they say to the leader of Babylon, your pomp has brought you down to Sheol, the sound of your harps. The maggots are laid as a bed beneath you, and worms 
or your covers? Mm. Delicious. Squirming just thinking about that. How you have fallen from heaven, O day star, son of the dawn. How you are cut down to the ground. You who laid the nations low, you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. Yeah. But you were brought down to Sheol to the far reaches, and those who see you will stare at you and ponder over you. Is this the man who made the earth tremble when he shook kingdoms? Who made the world like a desert and overthrew cities? Who did not let his prisoners go home? All the kings of the nations lie in glory, each in his own tomb, but you are cast out, away from the grave like a loathed branch. I don't, I don't get that one. It's much like a loathed branch. Clothed with the slain, those pierced by the sword, who go down to the stones of the pit like a dead body trampled underfoot. You will not be joining with them in burial. Yeah, it's, uh, this, is, this is quite the taunt for one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean... As far as biblical taunts go, this is a solid one. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And now now what's going to happen here, a, a lot of people are going to hear this and they're going to be like, oh, you know what that sounds like? Because what does it sound like, Marshall? It's like the fall of Satan, right? Like It, it sounds like what we, what we often you know, think about when we, when we hear about you know, Satan who was in heaven and rebelled against God and fell from the sky. It, it, the language that's used here is really reminiscent of a lot of that. So a lot of people might go to this passage to say, hey, that's what this is talking about. But in the context of the whole passage, I mean, it's being addressed to the king of Babylon. So we have to kind of think through that a little bit differently and not just assume that because it reminds us of something that that's necessarily what it's talking about. Well, that's what you get for reading modern translations of the Bible, Marshall, because <laughs> the King James Version tells us in verse 12 that this is Lucifer. Oh, Lucifer. Okay. Son of the morning star. And uh, and and uh, people who prefer the King James, maybe above all other translations, mm-hmm. um would would point to this as a, a crucial a crucial mistake inside of modern translations, but I, I think it's something that we have to address, right? Uh, in fact, what's happening here is both things are happening. In, in my opinion, what what is happening is God is saying to an earthly king, "You have come in, and you have affected my people, mm-hmm. and I am not going to stand for that. I'm going to rescue the remnant." That's who's singing this, uh, not singing, but but offering this taunt. Uh, and so he is going to overcome them. In the same way, ultimately, he is going to overcome Satan, who comes against his creation. Uh, but if you're searching the scripture and looking for the story of the fall of Satan, here she is. 
Hmm. Uh, and th- that might be a little anticlimactic for some. Um, there's this one, and then there, in Ezekiel, there's another one. Uh, but it's it's almost identically the same thing. Right. Uh, it's it's another king who is going to uh, come against Israel in, in the exile, or, or to force the exile, uh, that God is going to come against. We'll, we'll talk about that when it comes. Uh, so the question will be asked, and we'll, well, why Lucifer? Right. Because um, this looks like, and, and I've heard people say, Lucifer is actually the proper name for Satan. Okay. Lucifer means morning star. It does. So, so the translators of the King James chose to keep the proper name, which comes essentially from a different language initially, and the authors of the ESV, which we're reading right now, just decided to translate it to Daystar. Yeah, so there's all kinds of crazy translation stuff going on here, mm-hmm. right? Uh, what exactly is being talked about here is a question, mm. right? And uh, and so when when the uh, the Vulgate was being translated, this is my understanding. Okay. When the Vulgate was being translated, there were some decisions that had to be made. And uh, one of those decisions led to them uh, creating a word in Latin that helped them understand the one who brings the light. And uh, so they tried to take the Hebrew, which is talking about the morning star, the dawning of the light. Okay. They turn it into a word. Uh, and then when it's time to do the King James, which is a very politically driven translation uh because they want nothing to do with the catholic church Mm -hmm. uh historically it's recorded that they were told not to use catholic documents that would corrupt the translation uh and here we have this perfectly latin word Hmm. inside of the king james version that doesn't make sense in any use of the uh, the Maseratic or Hebrew texts, uh, which they did use. Right, yeah. Uh, but in this particular moment, when they found themselves needing to make a decision, someone had hidden under the couch cushions a Vulgate. <laughs> and it has reared its ugly head uh, in, uh, in verse 12 here, where yeah. it shows uh, this, this Latin imposition, which now that we understand what it means, the morning star, but it's Satan, Satan's formal name is Satan. Mm-hmm. The accuser. Yeah. That's the name used throughout scripture. Yep. Uh, and uh, so here we go. And as we continue to read about the judgment that's coming to all of Israel's neighbors, we get to the bit about Tyre and Sidon. And, and as we're reading there, the question is asked, who has purposed this? Right. Who who has made all of this come to ba- come to pass? Whose idea was this? Exactly. And <laughs> the answer is the Lord of hosts. He's purposed it. The Lord of hosts. And uh, and by that, we don't mean the friendly people at the restaurant doors that uh, take your name and walk you to your seat. No, not those hosts. No? Well, he should be their Lord, too, but, I mean, that's a whole other but, thing. But, yeah, not, <laughs> right, possibly the Lord of hosts and hostesses, but particularly when it says Lord of hosts, yep. the picture it's trying to paint for us is the God of angel armies. That's right. Who is always by your side? That's right, Chris Tomlin. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and at this point, these people are wishing that he wasn't by their side. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and not using the hosts against them. Right. Um, 
Yeah, and that you know that's a good point because when it talks about Lord of Hosts, we we always we think maybe even when we think about God of Angel Armies in that case, but here he's he's Lord of Human Armies. Yeah, yeah. Right? He's the Lord the nations and of his own people. Yeah, yeah. The Lord of these swarms of barbaric peoples, he's using them uh, to bring about his will, which you know you don't want to be on the receiving end. So far, we've been profoundly negative. We have. Let's get a little sunshine yeah. on this cloudy day. Sure. Uh, Isaiah 25 yeah. and 26. Mm. The mm. song, I, 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 in my notes, I call this the song of the remnant. Yeah. Uh, this is good stuff. Yeah. I, I, the, the little title that's given to Isaiah 25 is God will swallow up death forever. Mm-hmm. He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. Right. Yeah. There's hope in the midst of all of this. Hope for the remnant, yeah. for the people of God. Yeah. A hope that, you know, we've been fortunate enough uh, to be included in. Right. Yeah. And then, well, and speaking of speaking of a little bit of sunshine... Let's let's talk about Hezekiah. Yeah, Hezekiah, we have a good king. We do the we, good king. We don't get many, so we gotta we gotta make mention when they come. Yeah, Hezekiah. And, and the good king is not. I, I can't even say it. Wenceslas. 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 Who went out on the, the feast of Stephen? Yeah, not that good king. No, another no. good king. Yeah, Hezekiah. Yeah, Hezekiah. Hezekiah is great. It says that in the very first month, he takes the kingship. He reopens the temple. He reestablishes, you know, the system of worship. He actually invites the northern kingdom to come down and celebrate the Passover with him. And most of them just kind of laugh at the invitation, but a few do come. You know what else he does, Tim? What's that? He removes the high places. Woohoo! Finally. <laughs> Finally those high places man, are they, gone. Yeah, it's been a while, man. And he another cool crazy thing too. He breaks the bronze serpent. Yes. That Moses had made when they were in the desert. They've been carrying this thing around with them the whole time. Yeah, and they've been worshiping some people have been worshiping it. Yes. Which is obviously not proper. Can you imagine? Can you, so after the after the golden calf incident, right? And then Moses makes the bronze serpent. Yeah. Can you imagine if he would have known that generations later mm-hmm. they'd be worshiping that in the same way they did Aaron's calf? Yeah. Moses probably wouldn't forget this whole serpent thing. Just let them all right. die in the Yeah, wilderness. God didn't tell him that <laughs> because at one point God's going to come along and say, I'm done with them. If he would have known, he might have agreed with God. Yeah. Instead of interceding, he might have said, no, you know what, you're right. <laughs> but in any case, we've got a good king. So, And this might be confusing to people because we're reading about all this judgment and a lot of it coming against Israel, but also some judgment pronounced against Judah. But, But to just keep people on pace of where we're at in the timeline here judgment is about to come any minute yep. for for the north tick tock yeah uh the south not yet right god is remaining patient with the southern kingdom of judah and partially i think because you've got kings like hezekiah who are who are keeping the people focused on the things that they need to be focused on and i guess we should also say that that doesn't mean that the southern kingdom is the remnant no. They're going to get theirs. Oh, yeah. The remnant is not an identified people group. No. Yeah. We got a, we got a, another prophet we need to talk about. Yeah, Hosea. Hosea. Uh, man, his lot. 
his job assignment not the best? Yeah, so sometimes prophets do some really awesome things. Mm-hmm. Elisha, some cool stuff. Yep. Elijah, cool mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Hosea, not not as cool. Some of the stuff Isaiah has to do. Ezekiel, mm. no bueno. <laughs> it's not good stuff. Even Isaiah, he's got to walk around naked for three years. Three years. That's not fun. Three years walking around naked. To make a point. <laughs> God, couldn't we just explain this to them? Does it have to be an object lesson? <laughs> oh, and of course, I mean, and all of it in vain, right? Like, I mean, it's not like they repent. They still... Uh, right. I, I, Isaiah, I'm going to speak to the people, and they're not going to hear me. This is this is all going to be in vain. Mm. Part of it, he's got, he's got to be like, wait, why? <laughs> if we already know they're not going to listen, why? <laughs> and Hosea has to marry a woman of ill repute. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, the, that's, that's a nicer way to put it than the Bible puts it. Yep. It is, <laughs> because uh, the Bible can get away with things that a Baptist pastor can't get that's, away with. That's true. You'll, true. You'll, you'll, you'll know what we're talking about. If you don't you believe there. me, read Jeremiah. That's true. Yeah, that's also true. Oh, man. Jeremiah, Jeremiah's got a little bit of a mouth. He does. Yeah. He does. And, uh, and so... <laughs> Sorry. You we're a little, this, we've recorded this podcast three times. We've had some technical difficulties, and we're getting tired. And so now... <laughs> <right>. <laughs> So Hosea's got to have. So Hosea has kids, and and he names those kids. Yeah, and his wife doesn't get a say in what he names those kids. No, God tells him this is what you're going to name your kid. Mm-hmm. Hosea also may or may not be the father of all these children. Biological father of all these children is another thing that's it's kind of up in the air. Kind because, of up in the air because of his his wife's behavior, but he names the first one Jezreel because that's the place where God's going to destroy them. Right, and then he names the second one. No mercy. Right. <laughs> like the first one, I like that the first one is at least a little bit, like, it sounds like a name. It's a name. And people might be like, oh, unique name, never heard of it before. What does it mean? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. What's your name? No mercy. <laughs> and the third one, you know, not my people. Yeah. So, you know, there's a bit of a theme there. So, so essentially, as Israel says, but we are the people of God, this kid's name is, no, you're not. Yeah. Yeah, just a constant reminder. Right. <laughs> and you wonder how that how does that do how do they deal with that in the marketplace? Sure. Right? Like these these people, these kids are living testaments mm-hmm. of God's condemnation. Yeah. And every time they walk up, they're like, Oh, that's you know what, forget it. <laughs> Not even gonna say it. Do you think yeah. they got bullied by the other kids? That's rough. Yeah. I don't know. People like to name their kids things that come from the Bible. Mm-hmm. Probably not that one. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not that. Right. <laughs> no mercy. No mercy, Morden. And then his, um, then his wife leaves him, goes back to the auction block. He yep. buys her back. Yep. Yep. As a sign. As a sign. Yeah. As a sign of what God has already done is going to continue to mm-hmm. do, essentially. Right? You know what? For, for all the joking around, like, it, it would be a difficult thing. It'd be a humiliating thing. Mm. Right? Could you imagine the humiliation of having to go into public where your wife has chosen prostitution over com- over your home, mm-hmm. and you have to go present your make yourself present in front of all of these people that know the story, mm-hmm. and you got to pay money to get your wife to come home. 
Yeah. Like that is humiliating. Mm -hmm. But what an amazing picture of God saying, like, you know, Isaiah 1, we read it earlier, right? Like, when have a people ever forgotten their God? Hmm. Right? Even the donkey knows his master's stable. Yeah. But that God would humble himself and humiliate himself, that a people that would rebel against him, a people that he had named his own, mm -hmm. and choose to chase after false gods, that he would step into there again and say, hey, mm -hmm. yeah, I understand what you've done, but you're mine. And I'm mm -hmm. here to take you. Yeah. Man. Wow. Yeah. To pay that price to bring his bride home. Right. That's, uh, yeah. Th and this, and I think in Hosea, as, as I was reading through it, right, this, this kind of infidelity that the, the people of Israel have towards their God, um, it was convicting for me because, right, like how, how often do we get caught up just chasing after things that mm -hmm. are not, that are not him. Right. And 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 yet he condescended, you know, to to the point of, you know, enduring all of that suffering on our behalf. And so it's something that was uh, it was a difficult read in some ways uh, getting through Hosea. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, it, it's the the images are powerful. Mm -hmm. Like if, if you read the stories and you're just like, well, that's a weird story. It's going to get lost on you. Yeah. Um. But the images are powerful, and, and there's this moment in Isaiah chapter 11 that just, man, it just stabs the heart. Mm. It, it says, when Israel was a child, I loved him. And you, we have kids. Yep. This is a tough thing to read as a dad. Mm -hmm. When you consider the potential of a rebellious child. Mm -hmm. I mean, it won't happen to us because we're pastors. <laughs> <laughs> and pastor's kids, Ugh. we read a book about pastor pa about raising up pastor's kids, and we were reassured it's all good. <laughs> 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 when Israel was a child, I loved him. Mm -hmm. And out of Egypt, I called my son. And the more they were called, the more they went away. And they kept sacrificing to the Baals and burning offerings to idols. It was I who taught Ephraim to walk. And I took them by their arms. But they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of kindness and with bands of love. And I became to them as one who eases the yoke of their jaws. And I bent down to them and I fed them. They shall not return to the land of Egypt. But Assyria shall bring their king because they have refused to return to me. If, if in any of this reading, we forget that God is doing this not just because he's spiteful and because he's sick of them, but as we, we keep throwing back to Leviticus 26, he says he does this because he loves them and he wants them to be restored. Yeah. He longs to see them restored. And if that means I have to crush you to not only break you physically, but to, for, to break your spirit so that you would see your need for me, the depravity of your own heart, I'll do that. Yeah. And 
in my notes, I have Jose 11 weeping emoji mm-hmm. because, man, that's that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And I think let let it not be lost on us. You know, so often, I mean, a, a very common way of interpreting things that we read in the Bible has to kind of has been to, to put ourselves at the center right as the hero so so some people might say you know oh, well be like hosea right be be forgiving give people more chances but we're we're not hosea in this story right we're 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 the we're the wife we're the prostitute right mm-hmm. we're, we're the we're the children who have abandoned the father who loved them so dearly and yeah. uh, i just hope that that's not lost on people as they're reading this yeah and there's a bit of a confusing part in that where he talks about uh, not, he says, my heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. I will not execute my burning anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim, for I am God and not a man, the Holy One in your midst, and I will not come in wrath. Does that mean that they're not, that all of this is talk and they're not going to get destroyed? No, I don't think so. No, I think he's just talking about the the mercy that's going to be extended to that remnant. Yeah. Yeah, right? So there's there's hope and God does this it's it's very similar to what he does with Noah, right? Mm-hmm. He he makes the promise, I'm not going to do that again. Mhm. Right? Um but man, it's a tough read. Wow, I today was a roller coaster, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had frustration mm-hmm. with podcasts cutting out on us. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hilarity, if we have to say so ourselves, which we probably do, of our own jokes oh, yeah. in the middle. <laughs> and then, man, what a bomb to drop at the end. Mm-hmm. Big bomb of oof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Highlights. Yeah, for me, um, it's it's just kind of a little bit more conviction. Um, Isaiah twenty nine, uh, verses thirteen to sixteen. And the Lord said, "Because this people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me, and their fear of me is a commandment taught by men. Therefore, behold, I will again do wonderful things with this people." with wonder upon wonder, and the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the discernment of their discerning men shall be hidden. Ah, you who hide deep from the Lord your counsel, whose deeds are in the dark, and who say, Who sees us? Who knows us? You turn things upside down. Shall the potter be regarded as the clay? That the Mm -hmm. thing made should say of its maker, He did not make me, or the thing formed say of him who formed it, He has no understanding? I had, I had someone, um, a, a new, a new believer actually, and we were having a conversation about sin. And he says that when we sin, we're, we're practically acting like an atheist because we are, we're acting as though God doesn't see us. God doesn't know us. And we, we're almost, we're almost carrying on as though right. we get to make the rules. Functional atheism. Yeah. And uh, and that really stuck with me. 
And, uh, and so that stood out to me when I was reading Isaiah 29. Yeah, I, I'd say for, for me, there, there are two spots in Hosea that really stood out. Uh, we, when we were talking about it before, the, the point where he says Ephraim, which is another way that he talks about Israel, raising up kings, mm-hmm. but not because they talk to me about it, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're just off doing your thing. Like yeah. you, you have no communication with me. And, and he, he says in that, uh, because, because of your, what, the way you act, because of the way you act, I have given you kings in my anger, and I have removed them in my wrath. Hmm. Right? God is, God is saying, like, you're, not, you're not coming to me about these things, but I'm still in control of these things. Right. Right. Yeah. And and all of this just culminating then in that chapter 11. I just right. You hear that and you just think this is this is wrath for his son, Mm -hmm. for his own child that he raised up. Mm -hmm. And we just look at it as a people and a God and we draw a line of detachment. We're neither these people. We're not that God. And so for us, there's this huge gap, but there's not, not in God's heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in God's heart, these are a, a special people that he has invested in and he has watched grow and he has given his own name to them. Um, mm. And so, it, I mean, he says it, this, this is not an easy thing. Mm-hmm. This is a difficult thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. This podcast is a resource of Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario, in cooperation with the Gospel Coalition of Canada, and is produced by Alex Walker. Good luck piecing all these broken parts together this week, Alex. (laughs) And for everyone else, we'll talk to you next week. Take care.